this morning, uh, I just want to pray for us, first of all, that, you know, we'll just be open. Holy Spirit just would touch us um, as we get around his word. Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, it's uh, so great that we don't need to travel anywhere to find your presence, but, Lord, you travelled to us. Holy Spirit, you came to fill us the day that we were born again. Holy Spirit, you've always been here. And we just ask in Jesus' name that you just fill us now with understanding, wisdom, insight. Lord, that our ears would be, be just ready to hear what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to an old friend, Lee Simmons, down the front as well for me. It's uh, lovely to have him around. You guys probably don't know him, but... Some do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give him a clap anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. The reason we're clapping him is because he rode up on a motorbike from Adelaide, which was like minus 100 degrees down there. And that's, that's brave. <laughs> well, well done. No, um, it's interesting, last week I was talking a bit more about the love of God and how it can cast away all fear out of our life when we understand that perfect love. Um, and sort of tied in with that is this thought of anxiety. Okay, so... I was already pondering on it, but then come prayer meeting Monday night, which is the monthly prayer meeting we have with um, any churches who want to come, really, um, for, you know, this world, our world, whatever, for Jesus to come and, you know, for revival to hit the city. Um, it's a good, good thing to pray for. Um, you should be praying for that. But one of the, the people there was just sharing about how God had laid on them this, this verse in Philippians that we'd looked at, um, about anxiety and and the reason that it came up for her was this is she was asked something about something and she said you know what my default position is anxiety that's not real great you know like this is someone um who knows god and and i'm sure that it could be you uh, or you over there or you 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 or me you know, at times when anxiety hits our heart, we, we find ourselves in a place where we're not really at peace. And we need to know how not to be anxious, don't we? Because it's not of God. It, it's something of this world. In fact, um, I wrote this down and I, I just think it's probably true, but have a think about this. Indulgence of this evil habit of anxiety leads to it getting dominion over your life and shows the lack of God presence. What do you think about that? If, if you actually described anxiety in that way, um, it sort of takes a different tack, doesn't it? Indulgence of this evil habit. It's something that has been built up in our life. Now, why is it evil? Because it's against what God wants for your life as a Christian. Where, you know, Jesus talked about it when he was at the Sermon on the Mount and he said, hey guys, have a look. Look at the lilies, look at the birds. They don't have anybody, you know, making stuff for them yet. The Father provides everything for them. And, and then he said, why don't you have a look at your own life? And say, do you actually think you're worth more than a bird? Do you think you're worth more than a lily that's here today, gone tomorrow? And the answer, of course, is yes, we are worth more than that. In fact, we're worth so much more that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. That's how much we're worth to him. 
He wants us in relationship with him. Now, I don't want to have anxiety as a default position in my life, and I don't think I do mostly. Sometimes it comes in. But you might be that person that is always anxious. Now, um, it seems to me that men are different react with anxieties in a different way. It may not be true. It may, may be true. But it tends, from when I speak to people, women often stay awake at night worrying about, you know, they've just had their baby and they're wondering how they're going to do at university. You know, it's like, but what if, but what if, what if they meet bad friends along the way? And, and there's this sort of thought for the future. Men tend to sort of withdraw and not talk about it. They, they almost like ignore the problem. And sometimes that causes conflict. Now, that may not always be true. I'm sure there's nights when men stay awake worrying about things that's happened to me um, at times, and I'm sure there's times when women withdraw and don't talk about it, for sure. But in whatever way it, it comes out in our life, it's not the way that God wants us to live, and it's not a very good way of living, is it? Is there anyone here who would put up their hand, I love being anxious, it's what I live for? This worry is my, you know, sustenance. If I don't have worry, then I f I'm worried. <laughs> Something's wrong, I'm not worried. I really need something to worry about. And, and for our life, it's great to be careful and have a bit of forethought about what is happening in our life. Great to be careful, but, but if we think about the ultimate, which is what I think Isaac was talking about a little bit before, you know, that giving that like God gave, we give like that, our life here on earth becomes less important. The mortal things, I guess we'd say, the things of this mortal life, you know, we, we're, we're alive today, we'll be dead tomorrow sort of thing and, you know, this life we live now is very short and yet we sometimes get consumed about the thoughts of where we are right now rather than thinking about what Christ actually has for it. And in fact, um, there is an antidote to this worry, this anxiety in your life, if you want it. Now, we don't have to do anything. We don't ever have to obey the word of God, but if we don't, we're foolish. And there is actually something very special about what God has for us, that he actually wants to remove us from this life of worry, a life of anxiety. Why? Because when we are not anxious, when we are not worrying, it means something that we've done is transferred our life to him. And we actually fully trust him. So, could we just put our uh, passage up, please? So, Philippians 4, 4 to 5. Always be full of joy in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Verse 6, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's pretty nice, isn't it? And what I wanted to talk to you today is that we need to actually pray. We need to actually pray about everything all the time, about everything. 
And the prayer that we pray that has this amazing special character about it that will help us to get through life and it will be like this antidote to the anxiety and worry and care that you have. Because we need to get rid of it. And there are different ways that, that, that we can do this, but my, like, it sort of came on me ages ago, what it really meant is this, turn your worry into a prayer. Turn your worry into a prayer, what do I mean by that? When you worry, what are you going to do about it? Pray. And it became very evident to me that every time I started to be anxious about everything, this verse really grabbed hold of my heart and said, what are you doing? Instead of being anxious, what are you meant to do? Pray. So there's many different areas of our life where, where we might need to pray and we're just going to go through those in a minute, just some of them. Of course there's everything. Pray about everything. But there's certain things in our life that we do need to pray about, yet we don't do it. Is it that you've got a need? Pray about it. Is it that you've got a lack? Pray about it. Is it that you want a gain? Pray about it. Is it that you want health in your body? Pray about it. Is it that you want friendship? Pray about it. Is it that you're concerned about your situation in a relationship or at work? Pray about it. Are you worried about the future? Pray about it. Are you looking for direction? Pray about it. Is it simple? Pray about it. Is it complex? Pray about it. Is it big? Pray about it. Is it small? Pray about it. Prayer is this amazingly powerful thing that God has given us to connect with him and his purpose and to, I, I guess, almost throw ourselves upon him and say, I'm not enough. And you just aren't. None of us is enough in the situations of this world. So let's, let's just talk about how we pray about these things, the things that we, we can pray about. One of you wants to make a gain out there today. You're like looking and you're thinking, I need to increase. When you're praying for those things, when you're saying, God, I want from you, and, and some people will say, but I can't pray for that. I can't ask God for my wants. It's only my needs. But, but God wants you to pray about everything. There's many a times when God has given gold for silver when I've asked. I've asked for little. He's given much. But when you're praying this, this way, you need to remember this. Only, <laughs> why it's important to pray about it is that you will only pray to God for what you're comfortable to pray for. When you begin to cast that onto Christ, onto God, it makes it very different. You see, we can follow after greed. We can follow after want of things in our own strength. But as soon as you commit that to God, how does your heart go? Because in our humanness, we will chase it. But if, you're, if you wouldn't be comfortable asking for God for it, then perhaps it's not something that you should have. It's interesting to think, isn't it? God, I just want you to make me win the lotto. <laughs> Give me the numbers in the sky tomorrow morning. That's no good. Everyone will see them. But if you're not comfortable to ask God for it, you probably won't pray it, right? And it will start to address your heart. So, so in this, there's an addressing. What about the losses that you have in life, the needs you have in life? Instead of, of fretting, go to God. 
Instead of complaining, go to God and ask him to deal with it. So often we try to fix it ourselves. We try to make it that it's our responsibility to fix this lack. But God is saying, if you have a need, what are you meant to do? Ask, ask, ask. In fact, if you're struggling, perhaps you're struggling financially, yet you have these needs that you have every day. Your family's too big, your paycheck's too small. What are you going to do? Go to God. Ask him for what you need. In fact, you could actually almost rejoice that you have so many excuses to turn to God, to go and knock on his door, to go and walk into that throne room of grace to receive the help that you need in time of need. And instead of caring for these things with an anxious care, you're turning it into a reason for a renewed purpose and sense of seeking God for what you need, but so often you drop it and you won't ask God for what you need. I've seen time and time and time again when God has been faithful to people that needed more, that lacked, that they asked and they asked and they asked and God answered them and brought them through. In fact, I just wanted to bring Ricky up at this stage and just talk about his family and the needs that they had. Morning. Is it working? Yeah. Um, seems like a lifetime ago, but Sue and I and the kids, we were in East Timor and we were um, working with a mission agency over there, building some houses. And the money we had had run out, basically. Um, the building fund had no money left. Um, Sue and I had used our money and we had nothing left. Um, we had Sue, myself, Lauren, Thomas and Emily, our kids. And then we had two other Timorese guys um, living with us as well on the building site. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were down to our last bag of rice. We'd finished the rice. I think Sue had cooked up every green vegetable we'd find, we could find, every tin of spam we could find, and we had nothing left. So we were praying about it. I don't know how many days we were praying about it for, but it was for a number of days um, because we needed building supplies, but we also needed to feed the kids, the family. And we were praying about it, and... I don't know, then over the hill, some of the local Timorese guys came carrying a leg of goat, we think, um, a leg of meat. And, <laughs> and the, local, the two Timorese guys we had with us, they said, that's just, that doesn't happen because we were white, we were Malai, they called us Malai, we were rich, we had clothes on our back, we had food, we had a vehicle. Um, but yeah, the local Timorese actually gave us meat that day. Later on in that same day, we got a phone call from Canberra, from the head office basically, to say that they'd put some money in the bank. They told us they'd put $500 in the bank. So we had to drive five hours back to Dilly to an ATM to get some money. And by the time we got there, there was $5,000 in the bank. So we could carry on, we could feed our family, but we could also carry on building as well. So just God's faithfulness from that prayer. Mm. That it? Nice, yeah. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that have had at times when God has just come through at exactly the right time when they needed it. And there'll be some out there today that are saying, but I don't have yet. Have you gone to God? Have you asked him? Have you submitted yourself to him and said, God, what I have is not enough. I need some more. Do you feel embarrassed about asking God for those things? 
Instead of caring, instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, turn it into a reason for prayer. But I'm worried about my kids at school. I'm worried what's going to happen. Turn it into a prayer. (laughs) I'm worried about my future. Turn it into a prayer. And this is another thing that we would do sometimes. We will ask for direction in our life. I don't know how many times you've set out on a journey without somebody leading you, but that is pretty much what we do when we head out without prayer. When we make a decision that that there's a fog ahead, I can't even see a light, but I'm not going to pray. I'm going to move forward because I've settled something in my heart. This is what I'm going to do. But prayer is one of these things that demists the world around us. It's almost like, you know, when you're, you're looking through some telescopes or binoculars, if someone breathes on it, it fogs over, you cannot see a thing. But prayer begins to wipe it away so that you can see ahead. And if you're going to trust yourself for your course in life, you're a gigantic fool because trusting God is what makes your way straight. And one of the worst things that we do is we think that we do not need to pray about simple things. We don't need to pray about the things that, I've got this. But God is saying, pray. We think we don't need to consult God. We think that we can just do things on our own. We can just charge ahead. We might not need him. Folks, what are we going to do when it's a simple thing? Then I pray. God, am I going in the right direction? Am I making the right decisions? God, I want to give my life completely to you. What about worrying about the future? First of all, what good has it ever done you? We're not talking about planning. We're not talking about careful thought about the future, but the worry about the future. Jesus put it like this. If you worry, is it going to make you any taller? Is it going to put any extra hair on your head? And I don't think he was being flippant in saying that, but even us, isn't it so horrible that we're like, what if I go bald? I don't worry about if I'm going bald. (laughs) Because we worry, we go bald. I want to be taller. Well, you're not going to change that. Don't be anxious. Do you really think that you can control the weather, that you control the rain? There's a story of a farmer when it's raining and, and all he did was complain about, you know, the rain, the rain, the rain, I can't get my seed sown, I'm, I can't get it done. But did all that complaining make one bit of difference? Nothing. Pray in every situation. You're going to always be able to find a stick to beat a dog. And you're always going to be able to find a care, a worry, in which to beat your own soul. Something to take care of the happiness and the joy that you should have from Christ. You're going to be able to find an anxiety, a worry, so that you can beat it out of yourself. So that you can remove God and his presence from what is happening in your life. Have you ever felt that? You you feel good in God, but then you start to worry. The anxiety takes over. The anxiety takes the place of God in your life and becomes an idol to you. The seeds of anxiety spring more cares, spring more worries, because you're so busy worrying that, that, that the seeds are being spread further and further into your life. This is not what God called us to because he is the one who is taking care of us. 
In fact, our care, our anxiety is an, an undue, it's an unnecessary and it's actually a bad thing because it intrudes into God's providence of our life and it puts ourselves in the place of the father instead of the child. And as Christians, we have given ourselves to God as the heavenly father. He is the one who would take care of us. I've said it before and, and it's so true because whenever I think about it, it draws me back to Christ as a child, how you never ask, is there going to be food on the table? You ask, what's for dinner? There's this trust in God as the Father that, that whatever you need, he is going to provide to you. When you begin to worry, you're going to stop growing and you're going to gnaw away at your own heart. It confuses you. When you worry, you do not make good decisions. When you're anxious, you know, have no good thought for the future. But often that panic paralyzes us or causes us to make wrong decisions because we allow it to. But if we're calm, trusting in Christ, if we're quiet, trusting in his grace, if we're self-possessed and holding ourselves together, and better if we're God-possessed, the right things begin to happen in our life. And often we forget to pray in time of anxiety, don't we? Because we're so busy running around trying to fix what is happening, we don't take the time to just let it settle. I sort of thought about it as I was thinking about this, the settling of that, that anxiety in our heart. And uh, Joe, could you just throw my water up, please? Or bring it up, yeah. <laughs> it's going to hit me in the forehead or something. And I was thinking about when I was doing tree lopping as one of my jobs and <laughs> there's a guy who was up a tree and he was cutting through the branch and he hit the ground because he cut the wrong side. <laughs> he wasn't thinking. How often do we do that? We get into this place of panic, of anxiety, and, and we just start doing stuff, unnecessary stuff, and certainly not God-driven stuff, that we just do whatever we need to do, what we have to do to fix the situation. Prayer is this amazing gift from God that can quieten our soul when you get before him in his presence. You begin to calm. You begin to remember who God is, what he's done in the past, which is part of the verse that we just looked at. Prayer is this amazing material for building up your spiritual fabric. What's inside of you? Can I just tell you, if you're a new Christian, if you pray much, you will be edified. That means built up. You will grow in grace and you will become a fast-growing Christian because the power of God will be released into your life in an amazing way. When we are consumed by care, it shows the forgetfulness of Christ's closeness to us. Which is why it was said, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But instead, with all prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. 
Remember that Jesus is coming. And we need to hold everything on this earth with a very loose hand. We forget the closeness to Christ, what is done, the eternal future. And we begin to focus on the present and make that the most important thing. But prayer is that loose hand to God. Father, if I have or I haven't, it doesn't matter. Paul put it this way, that he can do all things through Christ. Why? Because he had learned to become content. Whether he had little, whether he had a lot, whether he was in need, whether he had plenty, it didn't matter. He'd learned to trust in God. And the special character of this prayer this prayer should be about everything. It deals with everything. We pray in everything. The smallest, the greatest. You can pray for the Holy Spirit, but you can also pray for a new pair of boots. You can pray for the bread you need, the water you drink, the clothes that you need to wear. Don't draw any line about what you can pray for, guys. It says there, pray about everything. Sometimes people think, but I can't bother God about the things of this earth, yet God has chosen to leave us here and also provide for us while we're here. Are you sick? God said, pray for the condition of your body. We are not just spirit, but we are spirit, soul and body. And God cares about each and every part of us. He cares about your physical needs. He cares about your spiritual needs. He cares about your mental needs. Can I just repeat that? Pray to God about everything. Pray to God and pray again. If you haven't got the answer the first time, what are you going to do? You're going to pray again. And you have to rejoice that you have a good reason to go back to God. I'm back here again, God. I know you haven't, haven't answered that prayer, but what a joy it is that I can come back. Elijah prayed seven times before the blessing of God in the Old Testament for the rain. What if he'd quit the first time? What if he just said, oh no, the heavens are closed to me? But he kept on praying. Jacob got the blessing, not the first time he asked for it, but after he wrestled with an angel all night. Don't ever give up in prayer. Just because you haven't got the answer now doesn't mean it's a no, it might be a wait. But I tell you right now, when you are praying and you're submitted to God, no is a great answer. It just doesn't bother you at all. Next, with your prayer, don't pray foolish prayers. It says, ask for what you need. Pray intelligently. What is it that you need? Do it simply. You don't have to know the best language. But pray as if God didn't know what you needed. Pray as if he had no idea what you needed. We know he does know. But he's asking for us to pray with all our heart towards him, the fervent prayer of righteous men and women. It should be like you're speaking to your mom or your friend. It's, it's like you don't need some fine language, some great expository. You just need to let God know what you need and commune with him as your heavenly father. 
The other thing is sometimes you don't know what it is. But as you ask, it becomes more clear. And by praying, you have a conviction knowing that the direction you're heading in is not right. Have you ever had that in your life? You made a decision, you think it's right, seems right, this is what I'm going to do, but you begin to pray, you continually hold things up to prayer, and then all of a sudden your direction changes. That is not foolishness to change your mind. The foolishness is to be stubborn and not listen to the Holy Spirit when he's talking to you. But the communion that you have with God that you gain through prayer allows your soul to become sensitive to him. The more you pray, the more you hear his voice. The more time you spend with him, the clearer his voice becomes. Jesus said it like this, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. How do they know it? They've spent time with him. They've spent time in his presence. They've spent time communing with God. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. And for you, if you today say, I never hear God, perhaps you better start speaking to him. Perhaps it's time that you put yourselves in that prayer posture before God. Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the delays that you get sometimes are not denials. As I said before, often he turns silver to gold. I love it when, when in the Bible it says that he gives us abundantly more than we ask or think. And if God says no about something, it's only because there's something better. The other part of that prayer is to pray with a thankful heart, not a complaining heart, not a heart that's continually whinging to God. Our prayer should be thankful, cheerful, and joyful towards him. It says there to thank him for what he's done. Thank him for what he's done. Remember all the good things that God has done. I, I really don't like it when people say, oh, I was arguing with God. Why? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Worse than that, I'm just being the devil's advocate. Who's ever wanting to be on his side? When we deal with God, our Heavenly Father, when we truly understand his heart, our prayers change. We understand he is for us, which is what we were talking about last week. God is for us, not against us. God is for you, not against you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take you on this life, this journey of continual joy and peace. And the sweet effect that we get from our prayers is this, that we gain a peace that passes all understanding. The story of one of the martyrs in the early days of the church being burnt. First of all, they couldn't get him out of bed. He was asleep peacefully. <laughs> Not worried at all. Taken out and, and, and he talked to the judge and the judge was talking to him and he said, lay your hand on my heart. He did it. How's it beating? It's slow. The rhythm's fine. He said, put, put your hand on your heart. And the judge's heart was beating fast. Facing death, he still had this peace. Now, we can't understand it, right?
Well, you see, when it says that if we pray about everything and if we thank him for all that he's done, then we will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This is a guarantee from our Heavenly Father. Pray about everything. Turn your worries into prayers. Thank him for everything he's done. This is the result. If you are an anxious person, do this. Because then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then it says, His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And that word guard in the original language has the picture of a garrison surrounding and protecting. That around your heart and around your mind is this garrison that is protecting you so that you can have peace in circumstances where you should not have it. And the best thing, this peace is linked to Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's as we live in Christ Jesus. It's a peace from above. It's not an earthly peace. It's a peace that is a gift from our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, to us. Anxiety. I want to go back to the start. Indulgence in this evil habit of anxiety leads to it getting dominion over your life and shows a lack of God. Start to hate anxiety, guys. Don't let it rain in your heart because it doesn't have to. This week, the first worry you have, turn it into a prayer. First time you're anxious, turn it into a prayer and begin that habit. It's like the substitute. Not every substitute's great, I know. (laughs) But this substitute is the one that you want, I'll tell you right now. You're getting rid of this horrible thing and replacing it with the peace of God by this action, praying about everything. Now, it may be today that you don't have peace and you're not even a Christian and you're like, well, can I have that peace too? Yeah, you can. Step one, though, is to give your heart to God. And I just want to pray with you now, if that's you. And just give the opportunity to pray with me and ask God into your life. Now, that's just the first step to open yourself up to him. Jesus died for your sin so that you could be forgiven, so you could have a relationship with the Father. But after that, it's a growing time. And you're going to need people beside you. You're going to need to be a person, if you're not a Christian, uh, um, that finds someone strong in faith. If you are a Christian, if you're 
the person that they came with, if you're the mum, the dad, the son or the daughter, you will need to walk with them and, and keep them growing in Christ. But the first step for you to receive Jesus, to get the peace, and this is the first peace that you get, is that no longer sin is ruling in your life and God has forgiven you. That's a peace. I'm just going to pray now. Let's just close our eyes. If that's you this morning, I just want you to pray with me. Father God, I'm so sorry that I haven't known you, but I want to know you. This morning, I just ask that you forgive me of my sins. I don't want to be without you anymore. Come into my life. I thank you that Jesus died for me, that he rose again that the problem my sin in my life was dealt with and from this day on I just want to live for you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can see and understand who you are in Jesus name if you want prayer for anything please come up the front perhaps you have anxieties and you just want some prayer, someone to pray with you and just say, pray God's peace in the situation, but also pray for strength and also the wisdom for you to just do this one thing. Pray. <laughs> pray about everything. Please come up. We just want God's Holy Spirit to just release you so that you feel his presence, that, that you know he's with you. So that as you walk out of this place this morning, you walk out with a confidence of what Christ has done for you and you begin to live in it more fully.